Um, all right, everybody, it's mm. April 31st. Oh, Sandy's chewing. <laughs> 31st. <laughs> April 31st. We invented like, a day. <laughs> we invented a day. Yeah, so you can't be eating on April 31st. Because it's not a day. It's not a day where we eat or live. What is she eating? I'm trying to... Oh, my I'm God. eating an omelet. You're just having an omelet in the middle of the show? That's weird. It's so good. I still have some birthday cake from my roommate's birthday. I should probably grab a piece. It's May 1st, 2016. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick. And I'm Carl Carlarm. And I make Carlarm sounds for the podcast records. <laughs> and this is Pixels <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> Hold on a minute. Before we like, what happened this week? What happened just now? I We what went to that? record the show and somebody's car alarm went off almost as if they knew we were going to do a podcast. Oh, yeah. The car alarm. Terrible. It's da- it, it's 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 over now. It's, it's sabotage from our competitors. It's not over, guys. My name's Carl Car Alarm, and I'm here to, to <laughs> change the show. I'm a new host, and I'm going to change everything on the show. Uh, Let me do the music. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Carl, I, I don't think uh, you should be allowed on the show. I, w- I won't talk about video games like Frogger. Y'all talk about Frogger. <laughs> Hi, <Boy> everybody. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I guess you're doing well. We're it's doing May. Okay. It's, it's May. May. Can you believe it? Tenth episode. Happy tenth uh, episode. Yay. <laughs> we did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Well, so I just much realized, has changed. I just realized it's going to be May 2nd when that episode come out. It's okay. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna own it. We're gonna own it. We're gonna deal with it. <laughs> right? It's like yeah, yeah. So what? And travel time. Well, we Whatever. always thought, we always say the Sunday date. The date as if we, we always say the Sunday date. Yeah, I mm-hmm. never noticed. I never noticed. Yeah, <laughs> and we've been doing this ten times, and you haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Yannick. Welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome to the show, and welcome to me, Carl Carlarm. I'm gonna talk to oh, you all. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, thank thank there, you for having me. Ryan's thank off you for the show. I, I kicked him off the show. Now it's just me. <laughs> okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Pixels Weekly Podcast, a podcast about video games despite everything you've heard thus far. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> what is, uh, let's go straight into HodgePodge. What's on everybody's mind? What's in the news? What do we need to know this week? We can start with, oh, Blizzard and... World of Warcraft, especially since the movie is coming out soon. So I think we're going to see a lot of Warcraft-related shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the big news is that the Nostalrius WoW server, which is, they're not Blizzard servers. They're a third-party server. Uh, Blizzard referred to them as pirate servers. They're running classic vanilla WoW. And they were like, hey, Vanilla Wow is Wow without all of that 
fun stuff. Like you don't it's not get the, the it's not the, chocolate. Wow, it's vanilla. It's, it's the better flavor, vanilla. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I agree with you. I like vanilla better than chocolate too. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's it's one of those things where right now, if you were to play World of Warcraft, you can level up your character to ninety or hundred, depending on what um which game you have. You can level up really quickly. There are a lot of little things that I guess could be considered almost cheating. You have the recruit a friend bonuses. You've got your character boosts, your gear, character transfers. A lot of that stuff that's new to WoW that you couldn't... It's not stuff that you had back in the day when WoW initially launched. Yeah. So people want to play. They want to grind. You pick a server. You're stuck on that server. You pick a side. That's your side. And that's what people want. And Blizzard's like, we love you guys. We appreciate that you're doing this. However, this is our property. This is our IP. You need to stop this. We're shutting it down. But that means there's some hope that maybe in the near future, Blizzard might have a classic version of the game. So that's something to look forward to. Fingers crossed. It's me, Carl. Carl, I'm just singing songs for (laughs) y'all. All right, Carl. You're off the show. It's it's crazy, though. They had... um, I'm looking at another article where... Uh, people like recorded the last minutes of Nostalrius where thousands and thousands of viewer, um, users connected on the server and regrouped in, in the capitals to kind of like celebrate. The most amazing part about that is that it didn't crash. Or did it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like the concurrent players had most recently peaked around 18,000 concurrent players. So, yeah, we're not talking about... I guess you're not talking. I just want to remind that we're not talking about the small server here. It was a big. It was a big thing. It was a big shutdown. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know about this server before. Uh, I mean, I heard about it first when it shut down, actually, which is sad because it would have really pushed me to get a computer set up and uh, and get back into it. Um, but it's weird because even before uh, the latest BlizzCon last year, a developer was already saying. You think you want it, but you don't. You don't want a vanilla server. You think you want it, but you don't. I don't know what that means, but it's kind of like them getting clues that the community really doesn't. It wouldn't appeal them that much, where I think, I mean, this server proved wrong, really. Yeah, I totally get that. That links to, like, what we're doing, what I'm doing with the Final Fantasy VII stuff. Like, do you really like it, or do you just long for being a teenager playing WoW all day and the state that that game was in when you were playing it? Because you really want to travel back in time. It's not that you want worse mechanics or less streamlined leveling system and all that stuff. Right. I yeah, mean, it sounds thing. like there's an option of having something that's similar to the classic servers, but just not set of classic servers if that makes sense yeah so for everquest they had this progressive server where they rebooted they went for some servers they went back to 1.0 like the vanilla version and then every i don't know the frequency but the principle would be let's say i mean i'm I'm gonna say you know like wrong 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 uh timeline here but let's say every six months you have the dlc coming out um so it gives you that sense of progression you start with vanilla but it doesn't you know it doesn't stay there it just the um, 
release date of each expansion is on a regular you know time base mm-hmm. and it's kind of like progressive um but i have a lot of question with how those things work though because okay like world of warcraft had a i don't know how many expansions now every year every year and a half one come out but in between there was always those weapon balances those life quality improvements that they put in some patches what do you want to strip all that and start from scratch like or or, or right, are they going to keep care. like the the good life life quality improvement from the very beginning and just make it like it, there's a lot of question in the way to implement this yeah the the idea that they had is having something called the pristine realm or the pristine server which is that kind of gameplay that strips you of all those little fun boosts but wouldn't take away from what they want the game to be right now yeah so that's different Yeah, it's not like you take 1.0 and you advance through the versions, versions and once it like once in like from time to time, that's different. Yeah, no, they remove um, what is it like? There is a recruiter, recruiter friend bonuses, some yeah. tokens, some stuff like that. Oh, oh and right. you can I also you can also stuffs. <laughs> I do. Sarcastic? I love it. <laughs> I thought you were sarcastic. No, <laughs> no, it's not meant to be sarcastic. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is like. Uh, I have very fond memories of my brothers and I. We would um, do the Recruit a Friend program if one of us was thinking about playing the game. And then it let you, like, teleport to your friend. And while you were with your friend, you gained double XP and all that stuff. It was really cool. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I guess I didn't play in that era. That, I mean, just to, like, to piggyback on that, like, that's what made the game fun. It's how can we introduce more people into the game? And more people tend to play a game that their friends are playing or that they're brothers are playing or that their boyfriend girlfriends are playing people have met and married over world of warcraft you know? oh yeah yeah plenty yeah i know I've, one I've, I've, i know a person who gets married <laughs> over world of warcraft yeah i played i played in the guild where like the like one of the two like main directors of the guild were like boyfriend girlfriends and got married crazy um but um yeah i mean it, it's funny i've um I think I remember someone saying this week, talking about that, talking about, well, saying that it changes life as a person. Like, it, it shaped him as a person playing that game. And I think, think back at it, I can't think anything else, but, you know, yeah, it's true. It applies to me, too. It changed me as a person. I grew up so much with that game, meeting a lot of people through that game. Yeah, it, it probably teached a lot of people how to socialize. Having to be on time. Like, it's the first time in my life I had to be on time doing something. <laughs> it's the first time I had to be on time for a raid. Like, I never had to be on time ever <laughs> in my life when I was 14 or 15. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it's it's really probably one of the, for many people, the best uh, gaming experience ever. Yannick, what's on your play for HodgePodge? I have a little bit of a sad news, but I guess we talked about it four or five weeks ago, right? Um, Microsoft announced in early March the the, the cancel of Fable Legends, where di- when this week, um, but today it's official. I mean, I guess it came out this last Friday uh, or Thursday. I can't remember. Lionhead is no more. And um, so they, you know, it's a sad news. It's one of those, uh, I guess, one of those uh, tax period consequences, right? Oh, man. So there was just like, there are just formalities that need to be done, but Lion and employees had been prepared for the end. Uh, the website is dead. Um, and I know that our friend Ryan McCaffrey, who we interviewed um, two weeks ago, is going to have uh, the IGN Unlocked podcast focusing on 
the legacy of Lionhead and what they left behind and talking about all the games that they've uh, that they've built. Oh, that's great. That's a must listen. Yeah, it's a must listen. Mm, it's going to come back next week. I mean, I, I, you guys should go check it out. IGN's Unlocked uh, podcast, uh, where it's just going to like go over all the things that Lionhead has been doing uh, since 1996 when... Uh, The company was founded uh, by the former Bullfrog employees, um, including Peter Molino. Uh, but Peter left in 2012, and I guess since then he was. He You're hasn't French. Been. Did you just change the name of Monolu? <laughs> Molino? Molino? Oh, did. I mean, maybe it's Molino. I mean, I've, I've only ever heard Peter Monolu. Molino. How would you. We should do a whole episode in French. One day, uh, I mean, I'd be comfortable about that. <laughs> He would, and we'd be, we'd be like, we, oui, no, and Missy. No, I would put things into a translator, and I would do my best to say them, and Yannick would be correcting me the whole time. Use the translator voice. That's what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the translator voice must be fun. Well, the Lionhead news is sad, and obviously, um, as as we mentioned before, I mean, you know, it's never easy to lose your job. Uh, hopefully, a lot of them had enough lead time and, like you said, saw it coming so that they could make other arrangements or seize other opportunities or something like that. But, uh, yeah. It's always sad when, I mean, you see such a franchise dying so young. I mean, it was a franchise that was that you can compare to a Halo franchise. Right, and just um, for clarity, I mean, I'm, Microsoft still owns the Fable IP. So Microsoft could either have a studio go and make that game or spin up a new studio That is like, okay, all you guys do is make Fable games because I don't know about you guys. When I I have an Xbox and I think one thing that's sorely missing on the Xbox platform is the sort of fantasy Zelda-like adventure game, especially right. Right. in light of my next piece of hodgepodge. <laughs> <laughs> the hodgepodge that's going to make you... Oh... <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, what, Ryan, what's your hodgepodge this week? Um, Ryan's left. Uh, it's only me. <laughs> my piece of hodgepodge is why do critters always crawl underneath my shed? Your car alarm. <laughs> what? Carl, get out of here. Jeez. Oh, the acting. I know. <laughs> so good um, for, you guys should watch sometimes the, the hangout video call and like see the acting we'll have to live because it, it, like, we'll it leaves it with the hands the yep that'd be awesome and it'll be easier for me to edit because I just can't exactly uh. <laughs> exactly and then, and then, this, I, and then, then I can't I can't like, set up no, a microphone no. <laughs> right <laughs> Okay, by the way, I'm sorry for the listeners who had to go through the, the last episode. I'm sure you guys couldn't finish oh, it till the end, which you is know sad. What? Let's have an open forum where Sandy gets to call Yannick out on microphone trouble, shall we? Give it to me. <laughs> Give it. <laughs> I'm opening my arms right now. I'm like chest first. Come like, It's okay. This, Hit me. Hit me hard. <laughs> finish him. Finish him. This is why I rearrange the stuff on his desk. Yeah, do a fatality. Finish it. Finish him. <laughs> oh, just kidding, guys. Friendship. Friendship. <laughs> My piece of hodgepodge this week is Nintendo announced some jiggly puffin news. <laughs> Namely, 
There's no other word for that. <laughs> that basically... The Jigglypuff and Wii U that's hooked up in my Jigglypuff bedroom... ...is basically as dead as a doornail. Their new console, the NX, is releasing in, 20, <laughs> in, in, in March of 2017-ish. But Nintendo has not been known to keep a Jigglypuff and date straight to keep their life... And... The only Fuck those holiday sales event, right? That I mean, <laughs> look, right. And and if you don't believe me on the date thing, they say they have said that the only thing they're showing this year at E3 in May is the new Zelda game. Now, some of you may remember the new Zelda game from when it was shown last year at E3, and we were told it'd be coming out this year. But it's not coming out this year. It's coming out next year simultaneously for the Wii U. And the NX. So, Wii U owners, here is one final Jigglypuff and boot in your Jigglypuff. Because there was basically (laughs) no reason to hold on to your Wii U to wait uh, for a Zelda. I don't know if I'm going to pack mine up and put it in storage because I'm not playing anything on it right now. Or if I'm going to trade everything in in a fire sale to GameStop or eBay or something. Just to flush bad memories and be rid of some of these things. That's funny. I mean, the smart yeah. thing would be probably to hold on to it. And when the NX come out, GameStop be like, give us your Wii U. We'll give you, you know, 20% or whatever, right. 20 cents like off of the new right. NX. Exactly. <laughs> Here's 20 extra cents. Yeah, and you probably remember the new Zelda from last year's E3 where they showed it. And they're, they're touting kind of like an open world Zelda. It, they released a new piece of artwork, even though they haven't released a single new piece right. of gameplay. Hopefully we're going to see a lot. And probably last year at E3, you thought it was pretty familiar because it was announced the year before that at E3. <laughs> uh, That's telling true. us that they're Originally working expected on it in 2015. quote, coming soon. So a coming soon date for Nintendo means sometime within the next three years. I... I'm really bummed out, you guys. I'm super. I'm really out. excited. Why are you excited? Oh, it doesn't bother me. Here's, here's another <laughs> thing, though. This is this is the. Other oh, she's thing. not in a rush. Sandy takes her time. This has become kind of a trend for Nintendo because Nintendo has been sort of uh, uh, affronting E3 for a while now in favor of their direct Nintendo Direct messages, which I don't like because they're very edited and curated, and they control the message in a way that feels less genuine and less spontaneous but fine they're still kind of interesting to watch because they put puppets in them sometimes i like the nintendo direct the nx their new console is not coming out in time for the holiday season it's coming out next year in march and they're not even gonna they said they're not gonna show it to us at e3 that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not gonna show it in some sort of nintendo direct but guys if your console is coming out next year you gotta like show me what it is and start talking about it or else this will be the first nintendo console that i do not own and i think that will be the case for many many other people except sandy except sandy yay (laughs) no i think what they're doing is uh might be actually kind of smart they right now there's a heavy push on on mobile apps and mitomo has done really well with downloads and I'm pretty sure people are spending real money in Matomo, so there's that. How do you spend real money in that game? Uh, to buy coins. Oh. Microtransactions. Okay. Yeah. If you want to buy all those outfits. I've been rotating and answering questions and stuff because I want more coins. I'm like, I'm not spending money. 
And if I do, Arya will yell at me and take away my privileges. Don't you? Here's the thing. Like, me, when I play it, I feel a little bit like a shill for a corporation. Like, their f- idea of a fun question game for you to answer is, Hey, would you say you're a female between the ages of 18 and 25 that prefers Mountain Dew over Coca-Cola? <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> and then the next question will be like, not, Hey, what's that. your favorite app on the App Store that you would pay money for? And you're like, these aren't yeah, fun it, social it questions. They're like just that. like surveying me. Zenny, are you taking a snapshot of us right now? No, I'm trying to look up my Mitomo pictures because I love it. <laughs> look at it. Look, look. Yeah, I mean, great. <laughs> so Yo. much fun. Yeah, I, I still, love I this st- game. And I and I play Pokin, and I'm pretty good at it. Oh yeah, I like Pokin. Like yeah, I love it. I didn't and, know you were playing it. And new Splatoon amiibos. So now I have to start playing Splatoon again. They're so cute. I love them. What is it? Callie and Marie, the squid sisters. Right. Stirring the floor. Yes. <laughs> that, they're All my right. spirit We're animals. very, very, very focused today. I'm doing We're a lot of voices. This is now my yeah. voice podcast. You guys He's cannot not do any editing. <laughs> I need my. We're going to do impressions, impressions, and voice and sound effects. <laughs> I got to train my beatbox action again. Well, uh, but I mean, I, can I say a little thing about the um, Zelda and the Wii U and the NX? No, it just feels like to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not worth it. Okay, we'll move on. Let's move. No, on. no, no. We took no, your privileges no, no. away because of a microphone. <laughs> no, just kidding. I just um, and I, you know, I'm just speculating here. I just feel like they were just putting pressure or like postponing Zelda because maybe they don't have enough games for the for the launch event of the NX. Uh, you know how important those games are when a new console launches, and there might have been some some complications out there or other projects that have been paused or postponed, and they need to have solid franchise coming out on the NX when. Uh, I mean, they better when when it eventually eventually comes out. I, I agree with you, and they better, because the Wii U never really had, in my mind, a proper 3D Mario game, and that has sold many a system for me. And some of the marquee franchises, like some, uh, I believe somebody wrote an article on IGN, and I'll link to it in the show notes, but they, they put up some pretty damning statistics about Nintendo this past year. Nintendo, over the past few years, has been releasing fewer games, and the average score of those games has been going down. So either they were just lost in the woods as to what the Wii U was and what to do with that second screen, and hopefully they'll be able to remedy that with their next console. Hopefully it's something a little bit more straightforward where they don't have to do backflips to figure out, can we get the gimmick to work with this game because i think if they just continue to release less and less games and not give us the the metroids and the zeldas and the games that they're known for and they have a console that doesn't fit well with third party strategies and doesn't develop well for third parties they're going to be in in real trouble again so i've got my fingers crossed i have i have hope but i have little faith if that makes any sense I would now that I think about it, now if I can, if I have to consider the NX, he has to have a solid, solid network uh, system around yeah. it. Yeah, 
like be able to play online those games would be super fun mario party all those games like i will be excited if we can just sit down and play mario party online together uh or even a new metroid prime or doing something with zelda but like i need a that's what the wii u hasn't been in my sight for a long like forever i've never really paid attention to that console just because there is no networking actually working yeah it's 2016 you're gonna make me type in a friend code but that's that's the other thing like nintendo has always been like we're the family friendly console we're the console that you come you go to people's houses you all hang out you all share controllers that was a thing 20 years ago that's not the thing now because it can still be a family console but families are spread out now there's one downstairs one upstairs it's kind of like saying like a mobile company would be like yeah well we only gonna you know release um home phones because we believe that you know in that time when you go and you interact with the people you know you're a friend with and they come and visit you at home and you can only talk to them call them when you're at home and we're not going to be the one pushing for the mobile phones that make you text and not look at your at people around you in the subway blah 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 like this is just like let's it they would they, it would be a great um step forward because that's what xbox and ps4 and pc games are lacking is the um split screen you know multi right. you know multiplayer like locally playing or yeah. even lan lan multiplayer games um if the nx games have both way to play on play um, in multiplayer servers, modes please. then that'd be that'd be awesome yeah and also i think that you know nintendo has an art style that is this kind of uh, Pixar-esque fantasy realm that they've created for a lot of their franchises, but it doesn't have to be. And I think that a lot of the games that they put out on the Wii U, namely, like, Yoshi's Woolly World stands out in my mind. Yoshi's Woolly World on an Xbox One or PlayStation 4, you could probably get pretty... I mean, we've seen with, like, Little Big Planet and stuff, you can get close to life materials on a lot of these things. And Yoshi's Woolly World is this beautifully art-directed game, but... Then you have these wool textures that are essentially flat mapped to simple polygon geometries and like your system now is failing the Nintendo art design. And I, you know, I, I think people are going to look back on the Wii U and mostly forget about it, but it did have a bunch of really great games that came out for it. I don't necessarily regret buying one. I regret paying four hundred dollars for it when it came out (laughs) and uh or whatever it was three hundred dollars and then when i got it home the gamepad broke and of course the system doesn't work without the gamepad at launch so i couldn't even play my system and i had to go it was just a nightmare but um yeah god come on nintendo i'm rooting for you and in a few weeks in less than a month uh, at e3 and the nintendo direct that happens around that time we'll see what you've got for me. I hope Zelda really knocks my socks off or we're going to have another Jigglypuffin episode of Pixels Weekly. I'll be looking forward to a Jigglypuffin one. That's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. All right. Well, I'm excited about this week's editorial and and it's tell me what you guys did, what you bring into the show this week. It's pure chaos. No, it's not. Uh, We actually got a chance to sit down with Brooke Van Dusen, who is the... Director of Game Developer Success at Twitch. And he pretty much told us 
what the program was and what they hope to gain from the program. No, it was a great, it was a great talk. He, uh, it's definitely something new. Um, we're excited to to have that interview right now on the show because it was a lot of stuff that we never heard about. Some new initiatives from Twitch that you wouldn't have expect. Uh, they're really gonna take it to another level, and it was really exciting to talk about the to talk about that with the person that pretty much initiates that young project. Um, and it'd be exciting in the next few months, few years to see how far that goes and how how good that could be for for the video game industry. Awesome. Well, let's let's take a listen, and when we come back, everybody, to celebrate episode ten, Yannick has bought you a gift. Isn't that nice? And it's very easy to win. So. Stay tuned and, and listen to Mr. Brooke von Dusen and, and, of course, Sandy and Yannick. Take it away. We're two, two-thirds of Pixels Weekly, and we're here with Brooke, who is the director of Game Developer Success at Correct. Twitch. And tell us, about, tell us about your role and how you agree with Twitch. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, so I am the game developer, director of Game Developer Success at Twitch, uh, developer Success is a new initiative at Twitch. We, uh, if you know anything about Twitch, one thing you'll know is um, Twitch will be five years old this June, and in that really? time, yes, it, it, that's either very young or very old, depending yeah. on <laughs> when you first found out about Twitch. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, that's it, just five. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like it's been forever. Feels like twenty five years. Um, and uh, I, I've been lucky enough to be here. Uh, I just had my fifth anniversary, actually. So I was there the day we launched and, and been able to watch the growth of this amazing platform uh, since day one. And one of the things that has always been true at Twitch uh, since day one is that Twitch is very laser-focused on content creators, our broadcasters. Um, anything that Twitch did as a company, whether that's product, marketing, community, what have you, always had to tie back into how does this benefit the broadcaster. It's a way the company's kept focused as we scale, uh, but now we actually just crossed our 500th employee the other week. Um, now that we're actually, uh, uh, not that we're done obviously creating products and services for broadcasters, but uh, that Amazon has given us the resources and the support that we need, we are excited about uh, onboarding a new class of customer, game developers. And everything we've done for content creators, uh, we want to repeat with game developers and provide the tools and services they need to be successful on our platform, um, whether that's reach, whether that's monetization. Um, uh, so yeah, so that's 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 developer success. Yeah, that's not the first time we met. The first time we met you was at the NYU Game Center. I think it was in March, right? Already March. Um, and, uh, yeah, March. Right, and you uh, you came and gave a talk to to this um, gaming school over there at NYU, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's 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 how you that's how you define your role. You travel the U.S., travel the world, and try to tell people more about this new initiative. Correct. So, uh, in general, at Developer Success, one of the areas of opportunities that we're most excited about is this idea of um, games designing specifically for Twitch. And it kind of goes back to the, okay, how can we, as a, a game developer, how can I create a successful product for Twitch? If your product isn't successful on Twitch, it's, there's not a lot of 
things that we can do for you. Um, and one of the things that has been happening kind of more and more recently is games are building specific functionality where users on Twitch, spectators, and broadcasters can use to enhance their engagement experience. And this all kind of started back in 2013 when Twitch plays Pokemon kind of right. took over the world and everyone went, whoa, this is crazy. Like, people are actually directly, as a spectator, interacting with gameplay. I can't believe they beat it. Like, yeah. the more I think about it, it's like, how is it possible? I tell people that don't play games, like, how is it possible with, like, millions of, like, thousands of people chatting? How can it, like, be coordinated moves and attacks and everything? Well, it, it, it's, you can't believe they beat it. You can't believe that it worked in the first place, right? Because, yeah, right. obviously, Pokemon Red wasn't designed for that purpose, yeah. right? So, so then there's this whole question of, okay, well, if we design a game Twitch in mind from the beginning... What happens, right? What can we do? Um, we know people like it. It's just then, what does that final product look like? And so that that's uh, um, we call that des design approach stream first. And uh, I travel the world talking about what that means, how developers should think about Twitch-focused design, and working with developers that are heading down that path and trying to make sure that they're making good decisions and getting the support and feedback they need from Twitch creators to uh, develop really valuable features for the platform. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the, the, the thing that struck me the most, and I think that it's the, 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 the part that I think the game developer success will address, and you talked about it also at the NYU Game Center, I remember correctly, you had this graph, those two circles that represent the, the two distinct interactive ecosystem of a broadcaster, yeah. which is when someone streams, he's going to focus on the game, and then at some point in this moment, depending on what game, depending on how much important it brings up to attached to the viewers, he will like stop focusing on the game and look at the viewers, look at the chat, look yeah. at the subs, look at the alerts that pop up on his screen, and uh, and this is where the game developer success wants to make that an ecosystem, just like one big ecosystem where everybody interacts with each other and like assemble together nicely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in 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 general, broadcasters have a lot on their plate when they when they create content, right? They have everything they're doing in the game, and then they have everything they're doing to manage their community. And those two things are very separate, but when you start to kind of break it down, you realize a lot of what broadcasters do to engage their community in the first place are things they've taken from games, right? Um, things like uh, these loyalty programs that have become so successful where you know you spend time on a channel in a certain broadcaster's channel you earn points you know and usually the broadcaster's brand their currency right so there's swift bucks for swift or there's sand dollars for john sandman right um and and so kind of as a game designer you look at that and you're like well okay this currency is being generated and they've used in in interesting ways, right? A lot of people will bet on the outcome whether they think the broadcaster is gonna gonna win or lose. But you know, then the question goes, okay, is there anything that we can do as designers to to make that better, to make that engagement deeper and, and more meaningful, right? Um, and so whether that means, okay, can I use that currency to interact with the game in some way? Or or maybe even you're not giving them currency, maybe you're giving them experience points and viewers are, you know, progressing. Um, so all of those things, all of those uh, engagement mechanics that we see broadcasters using so successfully for viewers are we're starting to adopt in games. And and what ends up happening is you create a, a, a product that is just more fun for broadcasters to play with their community because that whole experience is, is cohesive and, and it just opens up a lot of possibility space that we're, we're just beginning to explore. Yeah, I forgot the name of the... Uh... 
you presented a game where choice uh, chamber viewers change chamber is different but there was like another game prototype where the the the, the streamer is that that kind of like mastodon kind of like super powered streamline and then yeah and yeah. then and then viewers connect and are like have smaller powers but they act in numbers and in teams against the against the broadcast yeah so streamlines an excellent example um proletariat uh is the studio they're out of boston um kind of an interesting story because they were a really successful free-to-play mobile studio they had a game world domination i think it topped at number three on the the grossing app charts and you wouldn't normally see a really successful mobile studio takes such a, you know, drastic pivot, or at least a lot of people on the outside, but, you know, they see kind of what we saw, that there's a huge opportunity for, for um, unique, to, to design games for Twitch in unique ways, and so their approach is, I think, really indicative of our whole Streamforce mindset, where the game itself is 1v14, and if you think about it, like, a 1v14, if you tried to just sell it on Xbox or on Steam, right, like, that that doesn't work. Like, no one makes that game. I mean, I guess you could point at Evolve, maybe an attempt at one, one game that's trying yeah, to Yeah, but it, it never really, like, made it through. I felt like Evolve was a great concept, great game, but it kind of withered away, almost. I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Evolve had a lot of potential, but it was just what they were attempting was really, really hard because yeah. it was balanced. Yeah. But for, for Streamline, I mean, the, there's no balance there. Like, the broadcaster's overpowered. He... It's the, the 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 point of the game is the fourteen players are the viewers, right? They try to get as many points before the broadcaster catches them and kills them, right? Um, so we're running around grabbing these orbs like you would in a three D Pac Man, uh, but that framework again makes no sense except on Twitch, where it's a perfect broadcaster viewer candidate. And then when you take that approach, well, not only do you create a, a game that's great for broadcasters to play with their viewers. But a lot of other things happen um, as well. You know, things that we didn't expect, but as we kind of explore the space, we're getting all these kind of nice surprises. And one of the, uh, um, so one of the things we did discover is when we're setting up play tests of Streamline, um, you know, they focused a lot on making it easy for broadcasters uh, to invite their audience into game and set up matches, and this was all new tech. So, in order to test it, you know, we tried to make things easy to start. We would set up the play tests with uh, uh, broadcasters and the proletariat staff. So the proletariat staff would be the 14 runners, and the broadcaster would play the one, um, the one hero character. And and uh, as we 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 were uh, developer success was introducing proletariat to Twitch partners, so we could test some of these these features. And what we noticed was after each test, we would send a survey. And so uh, the Twitch partner would play with the proletarian staff. We would send a survey. How did you like the game? And people generally liked it. But then we would come back the next week and we would go a little bit deeper. He would allow the broadcaster to play with his own audience. And on those same channels, you know, between the two tests, it was the same channel, the same community, same day of the week, right. same build of the game. But every single time when we send that second survey, the viewers liked it on average twice as much. And there's this whole thing here where it's, you know, the example I like to give is when my cousin in San Francisco invites me to watch his kid play soccer. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't really want to go to that, right? Like, I'm not a huge fan of fourth grade soccer. But if it was my kid or, or my close friend that was playing, you know, then that, that experience becomes totally different. It's something I really like. And so, you know, we've seen not only does this... Um, creating game types like this provide way new ways for broadcasters to engage with their audience, but it provides other benefits as well. This one in particular being this idea of you know playing with your friends is fun and, and 
And uh, so just kind of double down, doubling down on that. Is there another game that you guys would also kind of highlight as being a success of the program so far, especially considering the program is so young? It's, it's very, very young. Uh, we have a lot of really, really cool ideas that, that um, are unannounced that I, uh, I'm excited that will be coming out later this year. Um, so the other, one of the other games we announced at GDC is a game Superfight. Um, and they took, you know, we talked earlier about uh, viewer loyalty and, and um, uh, viewer currencies. So they have this really cool... Uh, so Superfight's a game kind of similar to Cards Against Me, where the audience chooses the winner. And in Superfight, the, the digital game, um, it reward the Twitch viewers can pick the winner of each round, and then the game will reward those viewers with Superfight currency. Now, they've taken this step further where as uh, viewers play through the game, as they earn currency as a viewer, um, if they ever then go decide to buy the game, well, now they can connect their Twitch account and claim that currency back as a player and then spend that on things in the game. And so this is just another example of, of you know, taking an engagement element on Twitch we know works and using it in a way that benefits the dev and helps them be more successful. Um, another game that was just announced actually at PAX East is called One Troll Army. Uh, this is from Tiny Bill. And we've seen a lot of games kind of do these viewer action things. Uh, but again, we think it's there's a lot more there that we can do. Um, my example I like to give here is, you know, previously it's kind of been like, okay, viewers can drop anvils from the sky. And that's great, right? But what we're really excited about is, okay, can we complete that game loop, right? Um, so let's take a, another example where let's say it's a deathmatch style game yeah. and the viewers can um, bet on the outcome of the deathmatch, right? So they're, they're rooting for a particular player. When, now if they're dropping anvils from the sky, they actually care where that anvil lands, right? They want to they hit the enemy players and save their one guy. And then if they win, they get more currency, they can re-bet re it on the game, and that's a core game. Like, so One Troll Army is a game where it's a tower defense game 3D, where uh, the viewers are um, attacking from all sides. The, the, the tower is kind of like this castle in the center of the field. And the broadcaster plays, he, he has a hero character, a troll, that he goes around and he tries to defend his tower, and then between rounds he can upgrade his castle. And the viewers play the attacking hordes. So now each viewer gets an individual character that attacks and, you know, a hundred or so attack at a time. And the viewers can work together to decide, okay, which side do we want to attack from? How do we want to do this? And they get a few, you know, they can decide how fast they attack, um, what direction they want to attack, what skin, you know, what character costume they want to do. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, it makes me like... Prepping this interview and, and looking at um, the whole potential game of, of, of you know stream first kind of games mm -hmm. is uh, it made me think of um, Formula E racing. I don't know if you know about that. The Formula uh, Formula One all electric engines. Okay, yeah. And I've listened. I was listening to it on the radio, like the, the French radio that I listen to sometimes on the weekend, and they were like telling um, they were saying that this particular driver had a boost because on Twitter people voted for him he wasn't the first one he wasn't part of the top three but he was I knew his name because he, he used to drive to, to race in Formula yeah. one and I was like oh okay so it's kind of like the you know the the, the the second chamber of the Formula one and it was the same thing where people would interact and have an impact on the race yeah. and, and, uh, and at the end this this this, uh, this category of, of, of races it like has a has a huge potential and it's like getting really really popular and those are one of the interactions that I can think of. Though. Totally, and and keep in mind like this idea of audience interaction is new. 
you yeah. know, the, yeah. the idea that audience can interact with live content is something that, that people have tried for a long, long time, right? Um, there was a live Jeopardy where they tried to have the audience react back in the day. Um, Who I wants know, to be a millionaire? Like, as the audience kind yeah, of Yeah, they had some, you know, there's this, you see news and, like, The Bachelor try to integrate Twitter and social and, like, yeah. you know, certain ways. And, and then you also, um, uh, I, my favorite example is 1v100 of, for Microsoft oh, Xbox yes. I love that game. That was that was huge. It was so good. It was it was so good, and 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 it had for I literally actually think until Twitch plays Pokemon came around the Guinness Book of World Record for most concurrent players in a yep. single game. Yeah, they had that for like ten years. Well, I guess it wouldn't been ten years. That would have been. 2009, 2013, so four yeah. years. But it um, feels like 10 years because it's technology and it's yeah, really fast. it does feel like 10 years. So, uh, but yeah, so these, the idea isn't new. The, the thing that has changed is before either you had to do something um, really expensive, like, okay, I'm going to get a slot of TV time, right? And as soon as you do that, there's a huge opportunity cost, right? Because whatever you kick out, you have to justify the cost for. Or you do something like what Microsoft tried to do, and you just build all the tech yourself. And 1v100 was really expensive to build, and so it's hard to justify. But with Twitch, now the costs have come down so, so much, and you have the opportunity to test, you have the opportunity to iterate, and you have the opportunity for individual developers to come in and create unique experiences where before that didn't exist. And so, so yeah, so that's one of the that's one of the reasons why we're so excited, and I think you know similar to what we've done before at Twitch, it's all about enabling creators and allowing them to be successful, mm-hmm. um, and so that's what we're focused on here. And a lot of a lot of the work we do is is you know just on supporting those projects and and saying okay, if you have an innovative feature, an idea you're trying to test, well one. Let us give some feedback on that with, you know, our knowledge of Twitch and how people engage. You know, can we have a conversation? Can we make that feature better or, or different? Or, or maybe it's great. And then two, um, when you, you are ready to test, well, we have a ton of Twitch partners that are really excited about these games and, and working with developers and exploring the space. And so we're willing to make those connections. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an opportunity to change the landscape and to kind of shift of what makes a game really successful. Is it... Yeah. Uh, interactions with is it something like this where everyone's interacting with each other or does it have to be a triple A title and I think that that's also very nice it, it allows indie developers to go well this is an idea I have I want to implement it and now I've got Twitch who can kind of back me up in that as well yeah and 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 further than that like what does it mean to be a game right, right. like that, yeah. that that assumption like does a game is a game something that is always available for everyone to play all the time or can you is a game you know only available once a week Monday you know and more like a traditional TV show um, Robot Loves Kitty from New Hampshire is, is, has this idea with Upsilon Circuit as, as a video game show um, and they're you know they're up there working with Execution Labs in Montreal to make that a reality so there's definitely um, a lot of a lot of assumptions that I think we've made over games over time that when you take a Twitch approach to it um, aren't necessarily true and, and things that we're, we're challenging and, and looking forward to testing and running from. Right. Like the best streamers aren't professional game players. Like if you if you watch a, a Daigo or something like that from the fighting game community, he's he's learning and he's practicing, but it's not really the personalities are like your day nines and people are really entertaining and have engagement with their audience. So it's very interesting seeing that that dynamic and how that could possibly shift. 
to the favor of the gamer or even to someone who's far more entertaining or yeah. giving the possibilities to both personalities. It's, it's, it's actually interesting because when, um, so one of the things we, we at Developer Success did um, in January is we launched the Twitch Plays category and seeing the, the game types that have come through that and what's worked and what hasn't. Uh, but one of the things we've noticed is, you know, when, again, Twitch Plays Pokemon, I think, was on, spoke to a lot of, sparked a lot of people's interest, right? And this idea of like, um, massive concurrent yep. user bases interacting with a, a, a simulation all at the same time. Um, and so as out of that, we got a lot of interesting ideas and proposals for games that had really, from a design perspective, were super clever and interesting and, and used this new framework in, in new and interesting ways. The problem that we really quickly realized is you would implement it into a, a prototype or something like that, and they ended up being so boring, <laughs> right? Like you, you forget that Twitch, at its heart, is an entertainment platform, right? right? And so you're you're kind of you're straddling this line between gaming and game design, right? And 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 traditional entertainment. This idea that if you can't, you know, Twitch is a visual medium, right? And so if not saying that that visual fidelity is 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 the most important thing, I definitely do think it is. But some type of entertainment to to. Um, at least be at some comparable level to the other type of entertainment you'd see on Twitch is really important. So a lot of these games that launched were these simulations that had one screen, and it was like a top-down view of a map. And you know, you'd kind of take over the map, but it'd do it really slowly, and you know, there wouldn't. And it was a clever design, but in the end, it just wasn't an entertaining Twitch stream or video right. content at all, for that matter. And so, what we've actually seen be successful in the world of Twitch plays is kind of a more hybrid approach where it's a hosted Twitch place where there actually is someone involved in the street. Yeah. And that way, you know, as a programmer, it's really hard to create a simulation ground up that's as entertainment as a human being can be, mm-hmm. right? Just by adding a human into the equation, you add so much depth and right. variability to the video content. And keep in mind that you only need one, right? It's right. not like you have to send a human with every video game copy you sell. And so, you know, for... Twitch Plays specifically, um, which we differentiate from stream first, and that Twitch Plays is a construct where it's a many to one, yep. mm-hmm. where stream first is just games that are focused on the platform in general. But uh, for Twitch Plays specifically, I think the future of that is this kind of, we're going to start to see a new um, category of broadcaster emerge on Twitch that is somewhere in between a traditional game developer and a traditional Twitch streamer, where it's a game that's built and played on the channel, but maybe there's a host that's like dungeon mastering and pulling the strings behind and and keeping the content interesting and fresh um, for the viewers, uh, but at the same time providing an interesting game for them to play through the platform. There always have to be that third party. It can never be just the viewers and the gamers. There was more potential when you have a Trifecta, the game, the broadcaster, and the, and the viewers. The third party brings a lot to the equation. Yeah. I'll just yeah. say, yeah. To, in order, like, Twitch Race Pokemon was new and novel, and, you know, I think in Twitch Race Pokemon, for my, the way I say this, the third party was the chat itself, yes. right? Like, yes. The, yes. just the fact that this was happening, like, blew everyone's It was the mind. nostalgia of it, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, completing one of the most iconic games. I mean, when we saw, like, the week of Pokemon, like, the 20th anniversary of it, mm-hmm. it was crazy about it. The, uh, the, the marathon of all the... Pokemon episodes, everybody was tuning on. I mean, yeah, it was a great energy. I feel like it was the same energy that totally. that attracted people to to go to Twitch. And, plays and we've Pokemon. seen you know a few viral Twitch plays hits since then. You know, we saw um, uh, 
Twitch plays Dark Souls, which I think I've heard. It was kind of that same yeah. disbelief at, is this even possible? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we saw, like, Fish plays Pokemon and things like that. But then, you know, more recently, we saw Twitch plays Punch Club, which was really successful because that was, like, a crazy thing for Tiny Build to do. And, um, I'd love to talk more about that. But the, uh, um, yeah, I think, you know, just that the amount of value that a entertaining human being can bring a Twitch stream, it's going to take a long time for a fully automated, like, computer to completely replace that. Um, to circle back on the, um, so you said, uh, you announced at GDC that you work with Kiteworks, mm -hmm. uh, Proletaria, and uh, Shell Games. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we kind of like already touched on that, but would you, we talked about a lot of games here and there, most of them are multiplayers, but would you be able to define with us, like, for the program, what game types, what game mechanics are more adequate? And, like, is Twitch looking at only working on certain games, that, like, we're talking about first stream games? Sure. Are, are they, like, game types that are more, like, friendly to that? Or yeah. are there others that you're not even considering? Like, I'm thinking about storyline-based games, which are sure. sometimes hard to integrate new mechanics, and it might just confuse more the viewers yep. and broadcasters more than anything. Um, so we're, we, we would love to work with all studios. Um, and, the, uh, and for a lot of games, I think there's a lot of opportunity for them to build more Twitch-specific features into those games. Um, but yes, it does depend on the game. So if you bring me a mobile narrative-driven single-player game that's two hours long, I, you know, the, the, the likelihood of that, or, or, or you know, a, a, a mobile game that, that's designed for bite-sized sections, right. you know, two-minute two sessions, you know, Twitch is a long-form, like, medium video platform. Right, and, and they're just there's certain game types that fundamentally um, are less uh, compatible with with that format than other games, right? And the last thing I want to do with anyone is to spend a ton of time building features that are unique, uniquely leveraged Twitch, uh, and then have no one use them because no one streams the game, right? And right. so, I think for um, we're open to talk to anyone, and I definitely. I probably tell more studios that, you know, I don't think that there's opportunity here than there is, um, unfortunately, at this point. Um, I think there's another thing here where, um, as a game studio, if you're not stream first, if you're not Twitch focused, and you're trying to add a Twitch feature to your game, well, that essentially becomes a marketing feature. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Again, I think there's a lot of value to be had by a lot of existing games out there um, in games and development that aren't stream-first to implement unique Twitch features. Um, and we're going to see more and more over the summer. But the problem there is when you kind of get put in this marketing feature bucket, well, you get to crunch, and that's the first feature to go every time. Right. And so at least for me personally, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's a frustrating thing, and... and As a as a individual and an organization that's interested to explore the potential of this medium, um, that's just a it's a it's a tough way to go about that. And so, uh, for games that take a stream first approach from the beginning, well, now those incentives are aligned, right? Your if you're 100% focused on Twitch as a platform, then the work you put on Twitch is by definition making your game better. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 not a marketing feature; it's what your game is. Um, in addition to all the, you know, opening up the possibility space and everything else we talked about. So, um, so yeah, we, I, I have conversations with studios of all shapes and sizes. I, I, I 
Um, definitely, if you're a studio that, that has an idea for a um, Twitch feature for your game that you think would be beneficial, please let us know. We'd love to work with you. And if it works well, we'd love to make sure that is very successful and Twitch will help support that. Um, so, so yeah, so it's not, it's not, yeah. Yeah, I think it's super awesome. It's a, definitely a new opportunity to grow and develop in the games industry. It's something that is very unique to Twitch. I mean, Twitch has overtaken the live streaming. There's You have Ustream, uh, YouTube Gaming, uh, but it's not the same thing. I think Twitch is very synonymous with games and with entertainment in the games industry. So seeing kind of a, a new avenue where people can grow is, is really nice and it's really refreshing. And kind of to like just wrap it up to get to know you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a question that apparently I love to ask everyone. How much is too much for a cupcake? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a question like, that we asked two weeks ago. To right. I think yeah. it's going to be a question this that we're going to ask. This is my question. This is my thing. How much is too it's much yours. for a cupcake? It's yours. Because, I mean, we are in New York City. Do I need to, like, interpret that question and answer it however Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's however you want. It's like, how much is too much for a cupcake? I'm okay with paying, like, $6 for a cupcake. It's really, like, fancy gourmet cupcakes. But my fiancé's, like, 2 $3 max. And Ryan was okay with $5. Also, it's worth noting that we live in New York, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I pay a lot for everything. <laughs> There's a lot of approaches I can take. <laughs> so I feel like you always overthink it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, can I take? I'm gonna take two. I have two approaches I'm gonna take. Okay, let's go. Let's hear it. Uh, so one approach is how much is too much twitch in your game, right? How much is there is there a way to, to over twitch um, a game and and. That has happened, I think, with a lot of our earlier, like, the, the original stream for Skating was Choice Chamber. Um, and one of the questions we get asked a lot is, well, Choice Chamber spent all this time making a really entertaining experience for broadcasters to play with their viewers, and a really entertaining experience for viewers to, to experience the game. But in the end, it was so fun for viewers, well, they had no incentive to go buy the game, right? And, 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 and so... We acknowledge that that's a thing, and and I think moving forward, um, that this next round of games that you're going to see are are taking an approach where okay, just like Superfight did, where they use the viewer um, focused design as a user acquisition mechanic. Streamline is built in a way to um, uh, to ground up. Uh, you know, build for Twitch and invite viewers into an audience. So when that game goes viral, hopefully it goes viral both on the video side but also on the user acquisition side, right? right? Definitely. So um, so that's one way. I think there's definitely, you can back yourself in a corner if you spend too much time thinking about viewer focus design without thinking about the business case for the game and how mm-hmm. it benefits the game. Um, and we acknowledge that and we're working with devs on what we think is a much smarter approach. Um, second approach is and this is actually a second approach to how to think about Twitch focused design. To me, is the more is uh, I say more interesting. It's equally interesting, but is can you monetize viewers directly, right? And we broadcasters are making a ton of money, mm-hmm. right? Monetize. You see all the donations definitely. and sales, and so we definitely know it's possible, right? Then then it goes back. Okay, how can games? monetizes viewership directly. Like, can you buy something and send it into a game? And then you ask, okay, assuming that that's possible and that there's been a game that's done this already called Legends of Dungeon Master. Mm-hmm. Um, how much 
are people willing to pay for those things? And how much do we get to a point where it's unethical that, you know, if, if you can imagine a huge stream and they charge 20 grand to drop a boss in a level and have a huge, would someone pay for that? And what would people think about that? You know, right. and it's, it's interesting concepts that I think moving forward, we're going to have to look at and, and, and uh, evaluate. And so more than $6, I would say that, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've seen the, the um, I mean, the, the, the the most amazing thing that I see on, 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 on Twitch and where the, the people get really generous and that affect the, the, the broadcaster and ultimately affect the game he plays mm -hmm. is when I look at people willing to go up to 24 hours, but every penny, every dollar that um, viewers would put on, donate, would extend the stream. And so most of them that do that communicate well on it, get promoted by their other buddies, and then eventually end up to do a 24-hour stream. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but there's the charity aspect behind it. So that's why I'm kind of like hesitant on whether or not somebody would put $20 to put it down in boss. Yeah, I mean, there's... Although we pay cards on Clash Royale, so... <laughs> this, this has happened in gaming already, right? Like, yeah. free-to-play, yeah. you know, what free-to-play mechanics are exploitative versus, you know, welcome, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Um, are there, are you know, games aimed um, unfairly at children, you know? So the, these aren't new issues, and I don't think, at least... There, the the format of the issue is different when you think of viewer monetization, but it's right. you know it's it, hopefully just like we have in other parts of gaming. Um, you know, we'll look at it in a very um, level-headed way, and 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 in the end, it's about creating a framework that works for creators so that they can create enticing, entertaining experiences in a way that that allows them to continue to do show right and and do so. Um, and move on to bigger and better things that are even cooler and, and more fun for viewers. So, I think um, that's, a, that's an awesome answer to yeah. my cupcake question. <laughs> so, on again for next week. I'm going to have said the second question. The sky's the limit. That, that's what that is. And, uh, I, have, um, I have a question that I haven't put on our document, and I was I, it just popped out of my mind, and I saw um, what the community is doing out there is, I mean, amaze me every day. And uh, there's one other big, um, big part, big um, tool that helps people really interact with their with their viewers is Discord. And Discord last week or two weeks ago uh, released the Discord Stream Kit. Mm -hmm. And um, so Twitch is explicitly, you know, documenting their APIs for people to use, have those night bots and everything. How do you guys see it um, on a more general level outside of game developer success? How do you see um, as as Twitch? How do you see that going on? Do you, like How do you foresee that happening, like looking at what the community is doing, those tools they're creating for them to interact with, with each other better and have Discord taking a, now, right now, being putting themselves on the sides of, explicitly putting themselves on the side of broadcasters and mm -hmm. giving them tools and more integrated tools for them to interact with their communities. Yeah, I mean, so developer success definitely doesn't end at, uh, at, at games. Uh, So I'm the director of game development success. I'm specifically focused on games, right. and and, uh, and but 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 my organization is developer success that extends yeah. to all um, ecosystem developers. Uh, I'm actually not familiar with Discord Stream Kit specifically. I'll have to go look at that. Uh, but what I will say is, you know, there's a lot of ecosystem developers that are providing a ton of value for Twitch broadcasters and helping them make for better content and. and and uh, giving them data to make better decisions about, you know, what they do on stream. Um, you know, starting with everything from OBS all the way to, um, 
Oh my gosh, I'm gonna forget all of them. But the, the one that gives you like data on like yeah. how you did on your stream. Yeah, there's OBS, XSplit, uh, there's a whole a whole bunch of options out there. Yeah, there's a whole Twinge. better Twitch no, TV, Twinge, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, for us it's it's uh, we wanna make sure that all developers that are taking an interest in Twitch and helping it make a more more engaging experience for um, broadcasters and viewers and, and and everyone on the platform are being supported. Uh, and so, so yeah, so uh, we're excited about all of that, and, and hopefully we can we can help everyone be successful. It's to be totally redundant. Super awesome. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's the thing. And then to kind of just wrap up the show, what would be your final words of wisdom for the game devs out there or even words of wisdom that you just have to share in general I really wish I prepared something in advance here oh yeah that's the point (laughs) point. I would say developers should be looking at Twitch as more than just a place to market their game Um, look at when you look at Twitch think about how can I make for a better experience for my community? And that comes from everything, including um, how can I support my community if they're creating content around my game um, by driving them to viewership and, and helping them be successful themselves to uh, building better, uh, more functionality to allow them to engage with their audience more deeply. And if you do that, it's going to have multiplicative returns on your on your business. Um, and And, you know, I think instinctively a lot of people look at something new and they don't understand it and they um, they take a and I, I I'm gonna use a word here that I don't fully mean but exploitative you know reaction how do I this all these people are here doing thing how do I get them to do my thing right yeah. and I think instead if you look at it and say okay what are they doing over here how can I help them do this better and more at the same time in a way that works for me as well. And you take a more community approach, right? Community is all about giving and then receiving back, right? And Definitely. those things all work in concert. I think as more people in the gaming industry, from developers to marketers to everyone, take that approach, um, we're going to start seeing just more and more success for everyone around. And, and um, we're going to all be happy and hold hands and sing songs. And, and in that kind of... Talking about streamers, if you were a Twitch streamer, what would your online personality be like? What would your persona be like? What what would the what would your viewers have to look to look forward to? Um, so I, I I am a Twitch streamer. Uh, <laughs> Give us the link. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I get like four viewers, but you know, it's it's better it's, than me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good enough for me. I I try to get you know my friends come and see. Yeah. Um, and it's it's you know for me I, I play games and I stream and they come in and I say hi and I mean admittedly I don't try very hard um, but it's you know it's just a way for me to, to make sure I'm grounded on the platform and, and um, you know when using the software and going through all the hoops you, you learn a lot when you begin to stream that's interesting um, interesting to say but yeah, I, I, I would not be the person to give advice to content creators on how best be entertaining on a channel because that's not my goal, right? Yeah, like it's just, not my thing. It's, yeah. That's the dream, and it's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate thank you for being on the show, and uh, just to throw all the plugs here. So your Twitter, 
at Brooke Van Dusen. At Brooke Van Dusen. Yep. Uh, obviously, you guys should all follow at Twitch, obviously. But that's and at Twitch Dev. And then show. if you are a developer, um, you can sign up for a developer account by going to dev.twitch.tv. And we will start sending emails and stuff soon if you want updates on what we're doing over at Twitch. Thank you very much. Thank Always you, guys. Welcome. Thank you. Look, There's a couple of... This is your me uh, throwing a tantrum over the... Uh... <laughs> Just put that away. <laughs> I'm gonna throw your phone on the <laughs> ground next, like from yeah. the from the 12th floor. We're gonna hang out on the rooftop, and your phone yeah, is right. just gonna shake her upside drop. down like a cartoon. <laughs> <Just shake her. laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Have fun. Look, I'm you're kidding. Tantrum. I love How it. How can I be throwing a tantrum without my knowledge? Because uh, I made it happen. <laughs> of course. <laughs> By the power of Mitomo. By the power of Mitomo oh. invested in me, I now pronounce Look, you. I'm so excited. Oh, God. Get that out of here. I wish I could turn these into a GIF. Yeah. Yeah, you wish. It's a GIF. You wish. It? Come on, it's a GIF. No, they had that conversation at Squarespace. It's very serious. Do we say GIF or JIF? And it's JIF. But I say GIF. There's no way it's JIF. I'm so tired of this argument. Here's the thing. I, like, you can buy Jiffy Pop. With a J. Uh-huh. You can buy Jiffy, I, or or like, is it Jiffy peanut butter or Jiff peanut butter or something? Jiff. Jiff peanut butter. These are J words. Yeah, I I don't wrap you a Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say I'm John Fishing. <laughs> it's good. John we fishing. all agreed on what a G sounds like. This is crazy. This is crazy town. <laughs> Anyway, welcome back to Pixels Weekly. Um, that was a great interview, you guys. I, I There was so much in it that I think I was surprised to hear him say, and at the same time, I think really educational. Indeed. That's what we tried to do. Tried to do our best. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, we used, also we used a, a little shout out out there because we really had some trouble trying to find a, uh, a little meeting room to do that interview. Um, and I've... I used it for the first time. This is not a sponsored podcast, by the way, but I just want to shout out, you know, and, and tell people about the, the little tip for us to book a meeting room. We use Breather. I've never heard of it before, but it's super easy to use and super cheap. Uh, you can, I, I was even able to find a coupon code online. Um, so super flawless experience to book a room in no time. It was kind of easy. Did so. the room have any weird smells? No, no. It, was, it was actually very pleasant. Oh. Yeah, that's nice. It's kind of like, and it looked like it on the picture. Like whatever you see on the picture is actually how it is. That's awesome. You know, which in New York City, uh, you're always a little bit on the fence. <laughs> yeah, you're always like, oh my god, this is what it was supposed to look right. like. But now you right. just went to IKEA, right? This episode um, sponsored by Bre- No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, no sponsors. Um, um, so uh, it's our tenth episode. We've done ten of these now, and. Uh, I and we've done it ten weeks in a row. We haven't missed a week. We haven't skipped it. I'm very proud of us, you guys. I mean, I, I didn't doubt us any second. <laughs> and and we're professionals. And now. You have gotten Yannick for for our listeners a, a chance to get a pretty sweet gift. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah. So I thought about. Um, I was really surprised on the, the fifth episode when you uh, got us that podcast, that Steam <laughs> gift card. I still don't know if it was redeemed oh or not. Oh my god! I don't know how. But to I check. thought it would be. Uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of like every five episodes come up with a little something that we can give to our fellow listeners. Um, this week, um, we're going to ask you to enter the raffle to win that uh, price. By the way, I should mention what price it is. 
Yeah, um, what is you are going to be able to win a uh, PlayStation Plus one year full year membership on us. Um, Woo! So you will, yeah, you can. So fancy. Uh, the best way for you. So how would you be able to get it? Uh, you go to uh, pixelsweekly.com slash win yeah. and you will see all the details as well as a feed uh, as well as a form for you to fill out to enter the contest mm-hmm. and uh, on that page you will find the instructions I can tell you the instructions right now the only thing you will have to do is just to uh, to uh, post and leave a review on it doesn't have to be a first star we're not you know we're we want you to be honest <laughs> Don't give them no, the you know, opportunity we'll, to not we make want it you we want you to be we want you to be yeah, honest like, we want you to be I'm, honest and I'm Ryan so, and me are like no five, five stars. stars i'm so i'm so confident they're going to put five five that stars is, that's let, so, your you know, casual confidence let, let them be it's attractive let them be <laughs> <laughs> let they they know we all know um so just leave a review and then we're gonna pick. We're not gonna do a raffle. Just be, uh, just be imaginative, be creative, and we're gonna pick the best review that we uh, attract our eyes or that are gonna pay uh, pay our, our attentions. And uh, the winner will be announced next week during the next week episode. That's exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, if if this wasn't clear, just go on pixelsweekly.com/win and you will see all the yep, details. You'll get a link to write us a review, enter. and then you just basically. Tell us your email address so we can send you what the code is and uh, the username that we should look for that we associate with you on iTunes. And uh, and uh, and you'll get some sweet stuff, assuming we love your review. And I, I know, just, I would say make it fun. Maybe make it funny. Maybe put an inside joke in there. Maybe talk about... Depends on my day. Sandy yeah, and Yannick's use day. of microphones. <laughs> it can't be just a poop emoji. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, a poop a emoji poop may emoji, be fun. Maybe, yeah. but in a, uh, yeah. maybe in a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> so guys before we closed off uh yannick you you alerted me to uh international dance day yes international dance day was <laughs> this last friday now speaking of things Pause. i love to dance to i don't know if you guys are familiar with the artist Draki. Draki. <laughs> 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 He sounds Canadian. He is Canadian. <laughs> Drakey, eh? Uh, no, it's Drake, eh? And, uh... <laughs> Drake. Oh, my and, God. Uh, his so butchering his song, name. Uh, YouTube user Call Me Potato put up uh, a remix made by his friend OP uh, of the We Shop channel music <laughs> with Hotline <laughs> Bling on it. So let's, let's take a listen. You used to call me on my... Mm, start to dance. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't have the sound. Hold on. Something's. Oh, there we go. Well, it's on. It's not on the oh. thing. Oh my god! This is so perfect. <laughs> oh. Hotline <laughs> bling. <laughs> that can only mean one thing. <laughs> oh no no. You gotta give you gotta give our audio listeners some sample. Oh, we'll get it in the show. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good! It's so good! It's so good! You. (laughs) It could be a Nintendo commercial. It wouldn't be bad. I know. I hope this is the ad for the NX. If they're smart. 
Uh, this is wonderful. <laughs> he also got 700,000 views. <laughs> it's pretty insane. Which is relatively low for something this guy. All right, all yeah. right. That's enough of that. Maybe through the chorus? Oh, come on. Your hotline bling. Oh, that can only mean one thing. <laughs> Oh my god, this is too good. Well, the clip itself is is legendary too. Yeah, we'll put the clip on um, the website for, uh, and, and right in this episode's uh, page, so you guys. You know, his dance is on is a Destiny emote, the hotline bling. Oh really? Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, no, but yeah, for Valentine's Day this year, they released a bunch of emotes, and one of them was the hotline bling dance. And it just, <laughs> I had to get it. I had to get it. It was it was made for me. I wanted to try something new to end the show. Which is affirmations. <laughs> and affirmation. affirmation. And for people that don't know uh, what guys, affirmation is, this is the part of the show where we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, an affirmation <laughs> is the act of affirming something, which just kind of means like saying that you're going to do it or committing to it or something like that. But it's also emotional support or encouragement. Let's talk about at the end of our week what we want to do this next week. And it can be about. Video games, it can be about our lives. What are you hoping to accomplish between now and the next episode? Uh, I'm going to troll everyone because... <laughs> this is what uh, I do. It is what I do. It, that's, that's me. You can't troll but me. But I'm a super pleasant troll. You can't troll me, Carl. Carl uh, can't troll me, I'm the, not alone. The, the loot gaming crate. Oh. I get it. That's a thing I get. And in this month's crate, it was called Metro, and there was an exclusive from this game. The Division. (laughs) 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 What is that? What's in it? (laughs) We came up with the same sound effect. (laughs) It's a 16 gigabyte USB drive. And it's got exclusive DLC content for the game wow. that I don't have. That's pretty rad. What? Oh yeah, I saw it's that on AK-47. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> the thumb drive it's an AK forty seven, and 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 the charger is the USB key. It's amazing. I saw some people getting it. Yeah. Yep. Holy cow! Wow. Now I it's deciding that. whether I want to keep it and buy the game, or keep it and not do anything with it. Maybe or you should give it away. Give it to us. Oh maybe oh yeah maybe give it away maybe give it away add it trolling add it <laughs> I am trolling so okay uh-huh. so now that Sandy has said her <laughs> thing Yannick you and I have to to say something emotionally supportive or encouraging her thing because <laughs> that's not what I am <laughs> uh, no no this is this is the stupid and funny part about this we go I'll say I'll go first. <clears throat> Sandy, I think you're a very wise woman, and I know that you are going to make the best possible decision with that <laughs> USB drive with um, with the Division content on it. And I trust you, and I think you're a great person. All right, Yannick, your turn. <laughs> oh, okay, I got it now. So, like, she says something, okay. She's like, I got it, and then I was like, okay. Well, <laughs> Sandy. <laughs> yes. Sandy. Sandy, you listen to me? Listen. Sandy, you listening? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You listening carefully? I hope I hope you give that USB drive to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's not that fair, but it is. 
Right. It's tough. Mm. You put me in a weird position right now. It's awkward. Here's what I want to do this week. My affirmation is I want to play less games this week. Over the over last week, I played too many games. I tried the Doom beta. I tried the Battleborn beta stuff. I I downloaded Severed on my Vita. I haven't had a chance to touch it. I played Hitman. That's been really good. I want to keep it to just one or two games this week so I can come back and have a, a more focused hodgepodge for you guys next week. That's my affirmation. Well, Ryan, yeah, it's a very good... <laughs> Uh-huh. Why do we have to be closer to the mic when we I, say? I don't know. It's nice, though. <laughs> it's nice, right? It's comfy. It's like a... Yeah. <laughs> I can't... Okay, I'm going to have to be serious. Well, yeah. Ryan, yeah. you are making the right decision here. Thank you. I have no doubt that this will give you a more immersive and enjoyable experience playing video games. And oh I agree. Well, thank you. Because thank the you, game that you'll be playing is Mitomo. <laughs> okay. And oh. you will. <laughs> mm. My parents are coming in town for the weekend um, when we're going to record the next week's podcast. And uh, and I will just uh, be taking a break from video games and I hope I can, uh, I can show them that the life in New York is not that bad. And uh, that even if they miss me out there, it will be a... Uh, it will be a, a great journey through the city for them to see that um, I have good friends and I have a good life and uh, and that everything is good out there. It is super good. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good. It, you're right. New York City is a great city. It's the city I was born and raised in. So, yeah, I think it's great. And it's going to your parents are going to see all the awesome people that, you know, like me. And Ryan, so yay. Yay. Uh, I think you're making the right decision, uh, focusing on your parents. That's the right uh, right call there, and I think you're going to have uh, an enriching time. And, and I think it's going to give you a chance to pay a little bit more attention to who they are as people and maybe learn something about yourself, too. God, guys, the warm and fuzzies with the affirmations. We have to get real sometimes. <laughs> we have to get real. Um, all right, listeners, as always, the best thing you can do is review the show. And for the first time ever, you can win a year of PlayStation Plus by doing that. Go to pixelsweekly.com slash win to leave the, the link for the iTunes review and to enter your username so that we can get you your prize. We will pick our winner. On next week's show, the Yannick birthday show, the Mother's Day show. There's so much all at the same time. And uh, you can follow us at PixelsCast. Every episode is free at PixelsWeekly.com. <gasps> Anything you want to say before we go, Carl? Um, yeah, I'm Carl. And I just want to say next time y'all uh, make a podcast, I'm going to make a bunch of different noises. All right, Carl. Always appreciate it. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> Aloha. Oh, I left the city. You. Au revoir. <laughs> <laughs> you want to call me on, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, next week. Hey, <laughs>